and welcome to the latest episode of Thinking Like a Lawyer. My name is Katherine Rubino. I'm your host and a senior editor at Above the Law. And usual listeners of the podcast will note that Joe Patrice is not either on the podcast nor doing this intro as he normally does. Today, I'm actually joined by the newest addition to the editorial staff at Above the Law, Chris Williams. Welcome to the podcast, Chris. Hello, hello. This is everything I've dreamed of. I mean, this is living the dream. This is the pinnacle right here. Wonderful. <laughs> so uh, how, how have you been? How was your weekend? Which uh, a segment that we like to call Welcome to the Small Talk, but I'm going to do it without any annoying sound effects, unlike our good friend, Joe Patrice. See, I love messy. I love just 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 <laughs> messy dialogue. I think this is what the people come here for. You know, uh, I certainly hope so, because uh, I think that is really my value add to the whole podcast experience is uh, my very uh, bitter kind of um, uh, dynamic with Joe. <laughs> well, well, speaking of uh, bitter dynamics in my, in my week, so I'm just coming back from Florida, went to see family in Florida and being seen family in Florida was great. But I noticed there are people that were wearing their masks backwards. Like on like, purpose? I don't know. Like, I don't know if this was like a, oh, this is me being an anti-disestablishmentarianism person or whatever that word is, or if it was just like <laughs> not looking at the box, but I saw like the white part and I didn't see the blue part of the mask. And I didn't want to be like, hey, you're wearing your mask wrong because if I was close enough for them to hear me, they'd probably be in within coughing distance. So I just, <laughs> you know, I just, I just backed up and, you know, went on Facebook. Like I feel like every good American should in that situation. Yeah. I mean, you know, complaining about people without them actually being able to respond to you is, is really the ideal when it comes down to it. It's what the founders would have wanted. Uh, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. But uh, Florida, that, that seems, I mean, I say it seems scary, but I, in fact, have two trips to Florida coming up in the relatively near future within the next couple of months. Uh, so did you freak out at all or are you kind of over the freaking out part of our shared pandemic experience? Well, at first I freaked out, but then I realized that uh, hopefully I'll be OK. And if I'm not <laughs> and if I'm not, I don't have to pay my student loans. So it's a win win. <laughs> They're all federal. They won't roll over to anybody I care about. It'll just be the taxpayer's <laughs> dollar. So, <laughs> well, that that is that is certainly one way to look at it. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, so I guess I I guess I'm mostly just surviving uh, this tropical storm at the moment. Uh, Henri is uh, in, I'm based in New York, so dealing with a little bit of that. It's supposed to head up to New England, but. I, unlike uh, other folks, am not dealing with any flooding at the moment. So really, I'm I'm just a very lucky, lucky person at the moment. I still need to check my basement. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I shouldn't be saying it's on the air <laughs> in case any like home insurance people are listening. But yeah, so I'm, I'm in Jersey, too. And I, I flew back earlier today i think or yesterday you know time is time is wonky among covid i mean timey wimey yeah. wibbly wobbly it's it's all it's all real <laughs> exactly exactly don't close your eyes but yeah, yeah. so I'm, nice nice i'm so, so glad you got that <laughs> I, I do what i can um so i'm so i'm in the plane and i know that like henry or Henri is a thing if you read french philosophers and i'm like <laughs> Every time I feel a bit of turbulence, I'm like, okay, this is it. I'm not going to see my mom again. But then I'm like, okay, at least we're almost done the flight. I look at my phone. It's been 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> 
And, and like, you know, I'm not sure if any of the listeners are aware, but Florida and New Jersey, even if you're flying, are more than 20 minutes apart. So I had a lot more time. I'm pretty sure every flight is more than 20 minutes. Like, I think it takes 20 minutes for them to get, like, get to cruising altitude. So they hey, then have to get down. So no matter what, you're going to be longer than 20 minutes if you're on an airplane. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. But I wish you were. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> when yeah. I was 20 minutes in, it was like two more hours. And I was like, I can only sleep so much. Yeah, I did that once where I fell asleep before we took off. I woke up like it was two or two and a half hours later. I looked and we were still on the ground because we had been delayed. And I had slept through the <laughs> delay. None of the flight. <laughs> yeah, that, that's an L. That's an L. Yeah, that, that wasn't wasn't my favorite. That was not my favorite moment. All right. So before we get kind of into the news of the week, let's hear from our sponsors at Lexicon. Here's a message just for the attorneys out there. So you passed the bar, joined a firm, or even built your own. Now are you finding out that you're doing more administration than actual law practice? Lexicon can help. Lexicon is a legal services and technology provider with over a decade of experience streamlining administrative tasks like timekeeping, HR, billing, client intake, and more. So you can focus on maximizing billable hours and increasing client satisfaction. Call 855-4-LEXICON or visit lexiconservices.com go to learn more. So kind of continuing our uh, COVID talk, uh, our top story of the week is, is actually a very, very sad one, but it comes from England. Uh, an attorney there, Leslie Lawrenson, died from COVID-19, uh, which, while obviously sad, probably wouldn't be news, except for the fact that before his, de- his death, he went on to social media and told his told his followers that he actually hoped he had COVID because he wanted the antibodies um, and went on to say that he's going to let his immune system ride it out. He's not going to the hospital. He won't impose himself on hospital resources. And eventually was when the medical professionals were eventually uh, called, it was it was too late and he was passed away. His wife was also hospitalized with COVID complications uh, and said that he made a terrible mistake and paid the ultimate price for that. Neither of them were vaccinated. Um, Lawrence said that he th- believed that the ramifications of the vaccine were going to be way worse than anything that the actual pandemic could bring, which obviously turned out to be very, very wrong. So that wasn't great news. One thing I will say about COVID is it's really pressing people's connection to that give me liberty or give me death line. Because, <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Like the, the only folks, the only folks that seem like are really getting knocked out by this are the more rights people. Mm-hmm. Like, people act like the, the treatment they'll give you is more confirmed than the, the science out on the shot. Like, all the treatment options are like, tests because it's still a recent disease <laughs> like, <laughs> like i don't i don't know if it's like oh i don't i don't know if i want to take this shot that millions of people had or this special juice <laughs> that they're using <laughs> like give me give me the known thing like yeah yeah you know i mean my my big concern i guess at this point is just that the delta variant that seems to be impacting kids, you know, under 12 currently are un- ineligible, at least in, in the United States, they can't get vaccinated. And it seems like those folks are experiencing for Delta, it's, it at least seems like they're getting hospitalized at, at much higher rates. There was, you know, a, a pediatrician in, I think it was Houston, a while back who put some social media posts that was talking about how he couldn't find a kid pediatric ICU bed. 
Aww. And I mean, that that seems it seems like the wrong people are <laughs> are feeling the impact in that instance. Yeah. I mean, and, and, I mean, I wish we were in a, you know, a political situation where something crazy like taking care of people who can't take care of themselves was persuasive enough. But I guess right now it's we're not at that space. Yeah, I mean, there's not there's not a lot to say except that you know this particular guy apparently um, it's, this story has has kind of hit virality uh, both in England where he's from and here you know and I hope that the lesson of his life and death uh, at least do something convinces someone to actually get the vaccination because at this point at least in America we have more vaccines than we have people willing to take them and that seems like a awful place to be in. That's ridiculous, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know that Pfizer just got a full approval today. Uh, we record on a Monday. Uh, but I think it's interesting because there's all these folks who are talking about how, you know, according to the latest uh, surveys, X amount of percentage of people said that, you know, once it gets fully approved, I'm sh- then I'll definitely take it. And I'm like, what we're actually going to see is how many people were telling the truth in all those surveys versus using it as an excuse to not get vaccinated. You know, at this point, I think we just need to lean into companies. Like, I think that maybe if Nike came out with like a just do it endorsement for the vaccine, (laughs) that would be like just kitschy enough to work. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's true, though, that, you know, something we've been we've talked about on the podcast, uh, Joe and I have talked about is, you know, all these firms that are requiring uh, vaccination uh, in order to come back to work. And I know that uh, Bill de Blasio in New York City has required all teachers get vaccinated um, by the end of September, which those kind of actual consequences appear to be working. Mm-hmm. Although that kind of brings us to uh, our next big story, which is a law professor at GMU, which I, I, you weren't around back in the day when um, George Mason changed the name of their law school to the Antonin Scalia School of Law, which... Your good friends here at Above the Law quickly dubbed as Ass Law. Uh, <laughs> as you should have. Yeah. <laughs> I'm retroactively proud. You know, you know it's really funny. Uh, you haven't been to the office yet because you were onboarded during a pandemic. So, uh, but I can re- so clearly remember we were sitting in the back room in the office. And Ellie, we got the the press release saying that they had changed to the Antonin Scalia School of Law. And everyone just kind of looked at each other and were like, is this really happening? Are they ass law? Is this, is this, is this real life? What, what is going on? So, you know, immediately lit up the social media with it. And I think within 48 hours, they issued a secondary press release saying that they were changing the name again to the Anton Scalia law school. (laughs) I I just wish people are lucky that I wasn't working here at the time because I would (laughs) have dropped like a, some meme and like whatever they're ranked, they're still ass. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, to be clear, we still continue to refer to them as ass law. I was like, as you, you should. It's required. You can't unring this bell. No, 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 no. Once, once that is out, it is out. It's kind of yeah. like jurisprudence. You know, there's a record of it. Yeah, this is this has really happened, uh, and it, I mean, it, it doesn't doesn't hurt that it was you know George Mason, which is known for its more conservative um, political leanings as a law school. Mm. But but yeah, so uh, actually they have a vaccine mandate, which is not really accurate to call it a vaccine mandate. Um, they have if you do, or if you're not vaccinated, then you're uh, as an employee, you're supposed to wear a mask. And Todd Zwicky sued over that quote unquote mandate, which, again, you know, if you are allowed to use a mask absent vaccination, you're not actually required to get the vaccination. But regardless, uh, 
George Mason has actually settled with this professor. He had said that forcing him to wear a mask was punitive. Um, everyone would know that he doesn't have the vaccine, which, again, just seems like inf- news you can use. Let, let, let's be very clear here. <laughs> mm. But uh, he had sought an exemption because he said that he already, well, he did already have COVID and said that he had nat- therefore had natural immunity. And the university has given him that medical exemption. So he doesn't have to either wear a mask or or get the vaccine anymore. I just, I don't know if they still do read my professor for law professors, but I would go crazy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like... Do you know what what area he teaches in? Bankruptcy and contracts. Ugh, you know he's going to bring that up in a contract case. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. It's definitely going to be, it's definitely going to be some uh, my employment contract. Blah blah blah. Ugh, so mm. annoying, so annoying. But yeah, so yeah. I really do, and and this is for any um one through three L's listening. The best part of law school is being done with it. I just want you to know that. Like, I'm shout, <laughs> shouts out to each and every one of you, unless you're, like, not vaccinated, in which case I guess, you know, maybe you get a shot, maybe the COVID shot. But, like, it's so great to not have to deal with any more contract courses. It's funny. So you felt that way all through law school. And I, by the time I was a 3L, I was living my best life. Like, mm. let's let's not kid ourselves. I don't think I went to very many classes. You know, I picked up the syllabus and took a test in several mm. in several. <laughs> of my glasses. Uh, And I don't know, like, it was great. I had a lot of fun that year. I don't know. (laughs) Well, two things. One, I also didn't really go to class, at least in person, because the second one is because 3L was COVID year for me. So it was a little different. It was a little different. I also didn't do... um, Barristers. I said I was going. I didn't do it too well, and I was like, "Eh, these people here, I'll be fine. I'll wait the next year." And then you know, the air became spicy, so yeah. I never got to do. <laughs> I never got to do barristers, which which sucks. But you know, maybe there's hope. Listen, listen. It wasn't even like I hung out much with my law school compatriots as much as it was just. Well, I went to I went to law school in the city in Manhattan, so I just mm-hmm. I went out a lot. You know, there was oh. lots of options. <laughs> oh, you had options. I went yeah. to Washington University in St. Louis, which, as social options, had Washington University in St. Louis, and that's it. So it was, <laughs> like, it was like I was either on campus or at home. And I was like, ooh, I wish I had a city with infrastructure, you know? Yeah. Like fair enough. Fair enough. I mean they had, yeah. they had some nice bourbon. They had some nice bourbon though. I will say I, that. You know, you can get that anywhere these days. Which is why I <laughs> <laughs> listen, I like to find a nice stable drink. It keeps me sane. <laughs> I yeah. It wasn't what well, wasn't really, I guess, until I was a lawyer that I started drinking things that weren't beer. But uh <laughs> we call that growth. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you get older, you can afford fancier versions of what you're drinking. Um, but but yeah, no, one of the things that I thought was really interesting about this uh, ass law case, too, is that <laughs> I, you should always use the opportunity to say ass law whenever you have it, right? Wait, I mean, first of all. I swear I'm an adult. I swear I'm an adult. It just, it just <laughs> caught me off guard. <laughs> My bad. Get, I'm good. I'm good. Keep on. Keep no, on. No, I like it. I like it. I'm glad. I'm glad. This is listen. This is value add. This is why people come to above the law because we bring you gems like calling GMU Law School ass law for the rest of your life. It, it, this is what we do. Oh. But it kind of brings into to stark relief. You know, everyone makes the joke. Oh, you went to law school because you didn't like numbers, which I, mm-hmm. I don't even think that that's true. But but you know, people make the joke. 
but that's the thing, you know, in terms of assessing risk reward, you know, natural immunity is is great if you got it, but no one knows how long that lasts. It is wildly different from person to person. There are mm-hmm. some people who six weeks after having the disease no longer you know, have any registered antibodies. Uh, there are folks who, you know, nine months later still have antibodies, but we don't really know how long it lasts, unlike, you know, the vaccine, which we have a very clear set of <laughs> of data about. Uh, and they're also telling you to get a booster shot. So you know exactly how long it lasts. You know, oh, eight months later, I'm supposed to get, a, you know, another shot. All this is kind of like written down. We have the actual science that backs it up. Uh, whereas, you know, with natural immunity, it's like, well, fingers crossed, you, you still have it. Or, you know, and even cases of breakthrough have been reported to be way worse if you are, quote, depending on your natural immunity versus breakthrough Delta cases with the vaccine, which are reported to be uh, much, much less chance of being, you know, hospitalized or, you know, have have severe impacts as a result. And it just kind of shows that, you know, assessing these risks does not seem to be something that law people seem to be great at. Mm. But... You know why? I think that it really comes down to the fact that, you know, you went to law school to be a lawyer, not an accountant. Take advantage of NOLTA, a no-cost IOLTA management tool that helps solo and small law firms track down client funds down to the penny. Enjoy peace of mind with one-click reconciliation, automated transaction alerts, and real-time bank data. Visit trustnoda.com slash legal to learn more. Terms and conditions may apply. That was that was a smooth transition. I just I just wanted to say I was I thought I was being asked a question for a second. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I'm taking notes. I'm so glad. Uh I you know that that there's very few things that I say give Joe credit about, but his smooth uh, ad re transitions are definitely one of them. There've been many instances where I'm like, I did not see that coming. Here we are. <laughs> So I am glad that uh, even though he is, and I think that this is the first edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer that Joe has not appeared on. We are well over 200 episodes at this point, and this is the first one that he he hasn't made an appearance, but at least his presence is felt in some small way. Oh, wow. I'm definitely going to pour out a non-alcoholic beverage in his behalf. <laughs> but once it hits five, once it hits five, this libation is proper, you know? I mean... When you're working from home, isn't it always five o'clock? It's somewhere, right? I'm not legally allowed to answer that. <laughs> uh, but we were talking about law school and uh, sort of our, our final thing for today is about law school. Um, and that is the scourge of law school professors using the N-word in class, which I personally have written. I must have I don't even can't even couldn't even count the number of stories I've written about law professors using the full N word in class. It's entirely too many, and more than just you know a law school problem. This appears to be an Emory law problem. The latest case is the fourth such example since I think 2018. So not even not even like historical. Who knows historically how many times this has happened? Probably a lot more. Uh, but this is the fourth different professor uh, since 2018 that has used the N-word in class. This one was kind of meta, actually. Uh, apparently, the professor used the word while describing the previous case of a law school professor using the N-word in class uh, as an example of hurtful words. But the professor, at least, I, I don't know, has immediately issued an apology to the class, uh, wrote an email to everyone, and the dean of Emory Law has sent sent out a, an email saying, you know, gosh, this is against our values. We're looking at it. No one should feel like they can say the word in class, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, so I can't even imagine why it's it seems to be concentrated here at Emory. 
But that that's the situation. Which state is Emory in again? Georgia. Georgia. Okay. I was okay. going to say, I, like, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> Georgia. Uh, yeah, yeah. Listen, that's, that's, but there's lots of law schools in the South, right? Mm. There are lots of Southern law schools and it seems to be Emory where, uh, where this all, all is going down. You know, it's funny. I look at, you know, rankings, like some schools have really good, like trial preparation areas. Other ones have really good trial teams. I wonder mm-hmm. which, how schools rank in their use of the N-word. Because <laughs> well, Emory's I mean, got a good ranking going, it looks like. Like they, it does, and and, and you know, and you said it's been like four times in the last like three years, but you've got a streak. You know, it's yeah. hard to yeah. This is this is definitely uh, and well, listen, we have imperfect data, right? Okay, yeah, but yeah. you know, it's not it's not great. And the sort of original professor actually initially apologized, then eventually, after many back and forths, wound up suing the law school uh, for reverse discrimination. So, you know, what? that went well. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, because he was, he says he was discriminated against because he was white. So, uh, you know, well, different yeah. different people react differently to, <laughs> you know. And, and that's, and I think that I, I worry that I'm getting jaded because I, as I mentioned, I write about this all the time. Being and I, jaded? I, do wor- no, I worry about that I'm getting jaded about, you know, folks' reaction to using the word or what, what their kind of next steps are. You know, this with this unnamed as of yet professor has at least apologized. So I'm like, well, you know, that's, (laughs) that's a step in the right direction. You guys, (laughs) I mean, we have examples, you know, of folks who refuse to apologize or in one case where somebody had asked the professor, please don't use the N word, looked at them and then turned around and explicitly used the N word, which I just feel like is worse. (laughs) Yo, and you know, and yeah. the funny thing is, like speaking on cynicism, like I feel like it's bad that I had two initial responses. My first response was, was it ER or A? But then the second response was, I wonder if there'll be a point in like woke culture where like it's okay if you end it with like an X. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Latinx, but different, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I... I hope that's not the case. <laughs> I I think it depends. I don't know in the kind of instant case um, what happened, um, whether it was a, a hard ER there. But certainly in some of them, you know, the reports that we got from folks in the room were like, oh, that was a hard ER. <laughs> that was very hard. <laughs> very hard I'm, to listen to. I'm going to I'm going to choose to believe them. Yeah. Uh, and again, that's not about the current case, but some of the past ones. But, you know, and, and then that's the thing. They kind of folks wrap themselves up in this academic freedom. I can do what I want. I do what I want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just feels like, oh, what is the matter with white people? Like, why is it so important? Why is it so important to say the full word? We all, we all, we all know what you mean. I know what you mean. You say the N word. I know, I know what word. Mm-hmm. I know it's what not word Lincoln poop. It is not Lincoln poop. It is not. It is mm-hmm. not. Why is this so hard to just not say it? You're not like dealing with you're not dealing with children who don't know what the word is. It's a room full of adults. You know, you're in law school. It just shows mm. such a fundamental disrespect. Even, um, K, even K through JDs know what that word means. <laughs> yeah, everyone. We're all on board. We all got it. We all yeah. we all figured it out. Uh, mm. Why why do we need to? Why do we need to say it? And and mm. I guess the the question is, what are the appropriate consequences for a professor who uses the N word in class? Some folks were given uh, a moratorium on teaching 1Ls 
um, at least for a limited amount of time, you know, a couple years, they, they're not allowed to teach 1Ls and the theory being that, you know, 1Ls don't get to choose their professors. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, forcing people to take a class with someone who is known to use the N-word is not great, but still allowed them to teach higher level classes because, it, you know, at least a choice is being made. It's not like there are any higher level classes that are also requirements to graduate. Well, well, I guess, you know, it kind of depends on on your school. Like I didn't take property until 2L year because that was really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You didn't at, at Columbia, you don't take, well, I, at least then you didn't take property until your 2L year. Well, that's nice. That, that would have been lovely. I had to suffer. <laughs> I mean, I eventually had to suffer. I had to go to that class. Uh, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. But it would have been any required. I guess the, the, the rule, at least for some schools, has been that they're not allowed to teach any required classes. So I guess it wouldn't mm. have mattered necessarily what year they taught it in. But I don't know. That just doesn't really feel like enough, you know? You know, I, I wonder – I mean, I've had jobs where people can get in trouble for not wearing uniform. You know, mm -hmm. it seems like saying slurs is at least as bad as not wearing uniform. <laughs> now, granted, most professors, <laughs> most professors don't wear a uniform. I've seen their shoes and the belts they wear. They usually don't match. But still, it's like there has to be something. I love that you noticed that, first of all. Uh, second you know, of all... It, it, it takes a certain amount of uh, redditing. Right, you know. <laughs> the other thing is, listen, I think that tenure can be incredibly important. I think mm -hmm. that, you know, to actually have folks who are pushing the envelope in terms of their scholarship, making sure that there are not repercussions for the, their areas of expertise is is great. But it does seem like the folks who avail themselves of the benefits of tenure never really seem to be the folks that I wish were doing it. <laughs> also, I see that with like devil's advocate people. Like I wish mm -hmm. there was more ad more devil's advocates that were like, hey, what if we had universal basic income? Like, you know, it's never those people. <laughs> it's like, what if people didn't have rights? Like, why are you the one making that argument? Like, come yeah. on, that's, come on. Yeah, yeah. It just, ew. it's not, it's not the best. It's not the best. And I think that kind of making these folks who who do use the word not teach required classes is the very least we can do. It doesn't seem like it's any real consequence. Like, oh, you don't have to teach one else. Good job. I don't know. Is mm -hmm. that is that a reward? I'm not a teacher. I don't know. But it mm -hmm. seems like not having to teach a 300-person section is probably good. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that should be the new punishment. Like, there's like they're like tears and like once you hit like three slurs like you only teach one else so like, <laughs> like I hope you enjoy uh, Regina versus uh, Dudley and Stevens because this is like your fourth n bomb. <laughs> mm, oh, <laughs> not great, not great. Not at all, not at all. Not great, and I don't know. I I kind of feel for the dean at Emory um, in some ways because gosh, they have to, she has to deal with it again. <laughs> Yeah. You know, how many times do you have to do you think she has like a file on her computer that's just like cut and paste terrible rhetoric about <laughs> professors yeah. who drop? Yeah, like what do you like after the fourth time in three years, it's like we as a community don't encourage this behavior. I am shocked and aghast. I can't believe they did it again, you know. <laughs> um good luck. Yeah. <laughs> like, good luck. Yeah, I think um at this point. Maybe they should just schedule them, you know, every Tuesday and just see, like, if we hit, like, a level of absurdity. Every Tuesday, like, once a year just to, like, you know, keep people keep people in, in shock until they actually change something. Because it, it won't change until somebody actually does something about it. Yeah. But, hey, that's just that's just my cynicism speaking. 
Yeah. Well, on that uh, happy note, uh, (laughs) (laughs) we are uh, unfortunately out of time. Uh, Thank you to our sponsors, Lexicon and uh, Nota Powered by M&T Bank. Thank you to our listeners. Uh, Thank you for joining me today, Chris. You should be listening to, obviously, the podcast. You can give us ratings, not just the stars. So obviously, we'll take them. But if you write an actual review, uh, it actually helps us move up the algorithm. It helps people find us as a legal podcast. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Catherine One. That's the numeral one. Where can folks find you, Chris? I'm mostly on ATL blog. Uh, so if you if you say something to the blog, I will be there and I refresh the notification. So just comment. <laughs> and that is my way of not giving my personal information. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, you definitely read uh, Above the Law. You can also... Find us at ATL Blog on Twitter, as Chris mentioned, and check out the other podcasts from uh, Legal Talk Network, as well as the other Above the Law podcast, The Jabot, which I host about diversity in the law. Thanks again for joining me, Chris. And that's, that's all she wrote. 